coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Six years of Switch, six years of memories. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going great, Patrick. I feel like uh, on Tuesday, we missed an opportunity in 433 to get any Oscar predictions out Oh, uh, before this Sunday. So any 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 Oscar hot takes? Ooh, I don't know that I have any Oscar hot takes. Do you takes. think we can name the films that are nominated for Best Picture? All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh-huh. Fablemans. Uh-huh. Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, Top, uh, Gun. Top Gun Maverick, right? Avatar. Avatar. Way of, Way of Water. Um, there are 10? A full 10? Tar? Tar, yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. And I think is maybe that's it no there's got to be more than six you think so i mean they can nom- is, is it just they have to i think they can nominate up to, up 10. to 10 okay okay here we go yeah we're, we're doing pretty good right uh triangle megan, of sadness they went outside the year to nominate megan <laughs> <laughs> right triangle of sadness good call banshees uh, of inishirin uh-huh i'm not uh, looking at the list elvis oh right elvis and then women talking women talking right or as Mark Wahlberg would say, women are talking. <laughs> women be talking, I think is what he called it. Um, so we got half. Uh, I think I've uh, of those movies, I've seen Tar. I've seen um, Maverick. I've seen uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Did you see The Fablemans? I saw The Fablemans. Oh, okay. I, lo- I couldn't I, remember if that I was I loved a... The Fablemans. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I, thought, I thought it was really, really good. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you have any uh, any any no, I've hot, got, hot takes or, or picks? I've got, I've got nothing. Here's the thing. Sarah said earlier today, ah, Oscars are this weekend. It'll be fun to watch them. And I was like... <sighs> when is the last time that's been true? What? When has that ever been true? When has it ever been true? It's almost, yeah. it's almost never true. And I almost like I begrudgingly watch the Oscars kind of every year. Because um, it's Sunday night and we're all trying to escape the fact that we had to go to work on Monday morning. Um, but like now... The Last of Us season finale is going to be at the same time. Oh. And I'm like, I, why don't, I would just want to watch that. There's just too much going on. There's, <laughs> there's just too much going on. Uh, speaking of things that are going on, we've got a Patreon where we're doing fun stuff. It is a good way to support us if you like the show. Also, if you like the show, good way to support us. Uh, listen to it and tell your friends about it. Uh, we, we appreciate that. Um, but we have a Patreon if you'd like to appreciate us with money. Um, special thank you to our new patrons this week, uh, Alana Guevara, Matsi, Aaron Blau, and Drew Mackey, thank you so much for um, supporting us at the levels that you support us. We appreciate all of you so much. That's right. When you subscribe, uh, we are doing a mini-series right now called NCS Detective Club, where we are watching classic TV detective shows and talking about them. Um, There's a bunch of other great rewards up there, so check out the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Nintendo Cartridge Society. And whether you are in the patreon or not you can join our discord where we're having fun conversations about nintendo stuff all the time uh you look there's a uh, super mario movie direct 
um, today. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> don't I for- totally forgot Mark, about. Don't that. forget about I that. I totally forgot. Um, and you better believe that we will be chatting about it uh, in the Discord. If you would like to be among those chatting about it, you should email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com, and we will send you an invitation, and you can be in there chatting too. You can see how everyone is responding to. Luigi? Yeah. Who are we going to spend time with? It's got to be... Uh, who have we not spent time with? It's got to be Luigi. Right. And it's got to be... Cranky Kong? Wario? <laughs> <laughs> Stanley the Bugman. Um, Mark, what do, what, what do you do if Stanley the Bugman makes a, a cameo in this movie? Oh, I think I like throw my arms in the air. I'm yep. screaming. Yep. I'm hooting. I'm yep. hollering. Yep. Uh, I'm, wait- I'm like... Running outside. I'm going to do a backflip right pulling there in the Pulling my theater. clothes off. I'm not even going to stand up. I'm just going to go from seated <laughs> to a backflip. That would be amazing. <laughs> Stanley the Bugman. Uh, uh, we can only hope. Mark. What if there's a small... Mm. I'm sorry. I'm on no, the, no, Stanley, stay, the stay, stay, stay Stanley the Bugman thing. What if there's no appearance of Stanley the man, uh-huh. but what if there's like a... Like, you know, a bug parked problem? next to, <gasps> you know, the plumbing yes, van. Yes. There's an exterminator van. That is for like Stanley's exterminating and monkey right. services. Right. Greenhouse something or other. Uh huh. Donkey Kong's not in Greenhouse, right? The game Greenhouse, he's just, it's a Donkey Kong-less Stanley game. I think, I think so. I think, I think so. Stanley's the star. Um, yeah. What do you no- do? Do you do like a, do you stand up and then backflip? Like it's not enough to get you out of the mm. chair. No, I think I just do a forward somersault. <laughs> I think I'd stu- still hoot and holler, and I'm always looking for an opportunity to take my clothes off, so I might still do that. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, for sure, a seated, whoo! <laughs> That's definitely happening. Yeah. Um, all right, Mark, let's get into our topic. Let's share some memories about the Nintendo Switch. Now, this is something we're calling Six for Switch. <laughs> An obvious play on the uh, blockbuster film 80 for Brady. (laughs) Um, Right in our key demographic. Absolutely. Um, But it's it's funny, I I feel, to be doing a thing like this for uh, a piece of hardware that is still, like, is mainstream. It's not, we're not doing, like, six memories about, like, a retro thing. We are talking about like the hardware that we are still engaging with on the most regular basis. Yeah, it does feel a little bit like um, uh, easy, easy to mistake for a eulogy. Right. And that is not the case. No, I, we have no evidence that we are anywhere near the end of this thing's life. No. I think uh, you could ask Nintendo and they'd still say halfway through, right? <laughs> when did they start saying we're halfway through this witch's life cycle? That was a couple of years ago, right? Feels like it, yeah. Um, and it seems like maybe we're still only halfway through the, the witch's life cycle. Um, but thing has been around for six years. Yeah, it just recently celebrated its sixth birthday, seventh birthday. We finished, we finished six years and are into our seventh. Right. Is that right? Yeah, which would be its sixth birthday, right? Okay. Because the, well, this is a great question. When someone is born, is that a birthday? Uh, I think. On their first birthday, they turn one. Uh Uh-huh. Which is, no, their second birthday. Yeah. We don't have the right language for this, Mark. We just celebrated. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. We don't have the right language. I think this should not be so hard, but trying to figure it out. Right now, in this moment. Yeah, we're never going to do it. It's taxing me, no. But look, the thing has been around for six years. As of March 3rd. Great. <laughs> so, 
at first we were like, is this going to be uh, one memory per year? Nah. We're no. just doing, uh, I mean, it is one memory per year, but the years, the memories don't have to take place within each of these discrete years. Um, so we have each prepared uh, six uh, things, six uh, memories, six experiences that we have with the Switch. Uh, sometimes those are games, sometimes those are going to be uh, broader, sometimes they're going to be more narrow um, uh, that we associate with the Nintendo Switch. We are remembering the thing before it is gone. Um, and that's that's the exercise today. We're just going to have a nice time talking about the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, because, you know, it. Uh, I guess one of the things that is so tied to the switch for me is this show and yes. because we started doing the show just a few months before the switch was released and so you know by the time it came out we were our show was still very new and one on the one hand it's like crazy that we've been doing it that long but yeah it is just kind of like fun to reminisce about the early days of the switch because i think we take for granted now yeah uh, i know i certainly do like um the amount of software that's on the switch that the Switch exists at all, that, like, it has totally. that, like, handheld functionality. Like, it really was incredibly magical and felt like something new and special when it was first released. And there was such a, uh, and this does not count as one of my six for this Switch. Is not one of the no, six for but, Switch. Uh, it is, again, just because the Switch has been so incredibly successful. And, uh, but coming into it, you know, coming out of the Wii U, coming out of kind of like uh, the 3DS, there really was this excitement for the Switch that went beyond just like hardcore Nintendo fans. And it was something that I like have never experienced before. Totally. And so it was a really exciting time. The launch of the Switch like was, was really fun, was really cool. Well, and also like, uh, like not only was there like, uh, excitement like there hadn't been for Nintendo stuff in, in a while. It's like on the heels of like the exact opposite of that, right? Where like no one knew what a Wii U was. Uh, it had been out for years and like uh, everyone was over it. Yeah, right? arguably their greatest failure if you don't remember the Virtual Boy. Well, and I mean, the, you know, it's a it's a uh, like ventured versus gained sort of thing there. Like the Virtual Boy was only ever really ever meant to be like a stopgap until the Nintendo 64 came out. It didn't even last that long. Um, but like the Wii U was the next thing. And coming off of the Wii, you know, like yeah. Nintendo's biggest <laughs> hardware in a very, very long time. Uh, and now been dwarfed by the Switch. So um, just in, in terms of uh, uh, units sold and uh, games sold on it. So, um, all right, Mark, would you like to go first with uh, revealing your first six for Switch or should I go first? Uh, go ahead. Uh, okay, my Mark, my first pick, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with one of the more like... Uh, um, one of the more like connect with people who don't play games kind of things that the Switch had to offer. I'm going to talk about the Nintendo Labo, um, which uh, you know feels now like a very long ago uh, piece of um, uh, add-on for uh, the Nintendo Switch that Nintendo basically no longer acknowledges. Um, but you know, is these uh, four discrete sets of uh, foldable cardboard um, that you turned, you took these like sheets of cardboard and turned it into various things that Nintendo designed to work with the Joy-Cons and with the uh, screen of the Switch to be 
any number of things. Um, there, there's a steering wheel. There's a piano. There's uh, a little like sort of remote control car thing. Yeah, one of the first ones was a was like a robot. Yeah, it's a robot suit, suit. Like backpack yeah. that uh, you could strap on, and you with Joy Cons in your hand, kind of like um, use that to play a game yeah well and like that's one of the 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 very cool thing and like sort of the next level cool thing is that like um it had like gameplay functionality right that like i mentioned the steering wheel then you could use that to play a game specifically designed for it but you could also use it to play mario kart like you can use some of those accessories that you made out of cardboard um to do that or, or like uh, you know i mentioned the piano um that thing when hooked up to like the switch itself you could play music on it and there was a full vr kit yeah that's right a full vr kit probably the least successful of the kits uh, certainly the least successful that we mess around with yeah, for, sure. for sure um but uh the, the the real reason that i wanted to like highlight it here was that um, you know, you and I put a, a few of these together. We had our friend um, and previous guest uh, on the show, Richie Root, come over to uh, put together some of them. Um, uh, Sarah's parents were recently here, um, and I was reminded that we put one of them together with them. Like, I, I don't remember which uh, it was. I think one of the pieces of the vehicle kit that we put together um, with them, and like they don't play games, you know. Uh, and so it's just like it's very cool that there's this like craft sort of thing that you can do with people who aren't necessarily interested in video games who just want like uh some fun uh kind of puzzle to do and then at the end you have something that like it routinely uh you you look at it and you're like i don't know how this is going to add up to the thing that they say it's going to add up to uh, and then when it's done you are wowed by it you are mystified by the like engineering feat that is turning all this cardboard and like reflective tape into a piano yeah the piano one really stands out to me because it's, that it's, yeah. like it's like like you said reflective tape cardboard Rubber bands. Rubber bands. And by the end, you put it all together. Uh, and a high-tech IR sensor. <laughs> <laughs> but the way that, like, everything snaps together. Like, yes. it Labo is really cool. And Labo, I, my memory is that the first Labo kits came out in 2018. So it was only, like, a, I think it was, like, April 2018 that it was revealed. So just one year since the Switch was out. Yeah. And Nintendo was talking about, oh, like, one of the things we're going to do to extend the life of the Switch is in... Uh, in create all these new ways to interact with it and i feel like the labo part of you know uh we had our fun with labo it never really caught on yeah but i do wonder what would have happened like w would nintendo still be making kits today if were there kits in development that never yeah you know, like were released if labo had continued to be successful and i feel like we've seen some iterations on it like uh or not on iterations on labo but different ways for them to you know like interact with that they introduce for people to interact with switch like there's mario kart live yeah there's ring fit adventure but i uh, i think be again just because the switch was so new and felt so inventive and then when they revealed labo it was just like oh my gosh this is gonna be crazy and i yeah. couldn't wait yeah. to see what else nintendo was going to introduce and i don't feel like they ever the answer is just sort of nothing yeah, yeah yeah i mean you know there were other things but nothing of that scale yeah, yeah you know like nothing that was as, as inventive as, as as labo what what's so interesting is like i mean you, you're right 2018 uh you know they they were selling switches were selling well um 
but they weren't nearly as ubiquitous as they are now. I wonder if they were to launch Labo now, like new, or even just like put a new marketing campaign behind like the old uh, sets, if just the ubiquity of the system would make those kits sell more now. Yeah, that's really interesting. But I, I also like, sorry, uh, the it obviously doesn't work with um, the Switch Lite. Right. Um, and everything is so snug on the original uh, build of the Switch would the oled still work with it yeah i i imagine i imagine probably not not yeah, yeah I, I can't imagine that it's uh designed with that in mind hmm. but but also maybe i've never tried but yeah it also feels like the like you're saying like if they released it now like i do wonder because i feel like the trajectory of the switch or at least the way that it's viewed has kind of shifted a lot like um i think of it now as just like a like mainstream video gaming device yeah, yeah. whereas in the beginning i don't know i feel like labo in a way was like for being something so inventive it is crazy to say this but like nintendo hedging its bets a little bit sure where it's like yeah. you know that ro robot suit really intended for children you know what i mean where it's like yeah, what is totally. our audience for the switch and i well, don't that, think that it's a toy it it's, figured itself out with it and specifically with that robot suit is like uh, uh an obvious callback to rob the robot right like which was nintendo in the first place trying to disguise their video game machine as a toy that you could sell in toy stores um so yeah no that that tracks perfectly for me that like it is or was a like little bit of uh hedge betting bet head bet hedging that's what I mean. <laughs> um, the, to like uh, make it into something that wasn't just uh, like a video game uh, system, but like it, it, that so obviously is what it is, right? Like um, we're having a conversation in our Discord recently about uh, like watching YouTube on or Twitch. That there's a, a Twitch app um, on Switch, and like it just to me feels weird to watch video on the Switch. Where I'm like, why would you do that? Why would you just do that on like? your phone or your smart tv or, or or whatever um and like still to this day there's no like netflix or uh, disney plus or prime video app um on switch and i'm just like yeah i don't need that there yeah it just want to play games there yep totally totally well my first six for switch my one for switch no, is that what we're gonna no, do? no, no, no. This is your first. This is your first <laughs> six for Switch. Okay. We each we each put together six six for Switches. Okay. Well, right. my first six for Switch is uh, Sonic Mania. Yeah. So before Sonic Mania was released, I had never really played a Sonic the Hedgehog game before, and never really understood the appeal. Um, you know, I grew up, I always had Nintendo consoles. I didn't own a non-Nintendo console until the Xbox 360 generation. It is, and so I, you know, would go over to a friend's house and they would have a Genesis and kind of like dabble with it, like Golden Axe and all that kind of stuff. But it always felt so foreign to me. And so I never, I was so used to the Mario style of platformers and yeah. those physics and that momentum that Sonic just never really made sense. But Sonic Mania, man, this is actually, I think this this was a 2017 game as well. Um, uh, so early in the Switch's life. But Sonic Mania, I had so much fun with and ended up really, really loving. And uh, that, that was just kind of like a fun, I feel like a lot of my memories of Switch 
uh, of early in the Switch are just kind of like discoveries that other people have had for really long times. That uh, because but uh, because I mostly played on Nintendo uh, hardware for most of my life, that I didn't experience. So like Sonic Mania and learning to love 2D Sonic was a total revelation for me. Yeah. Um. One of you know one of the things that was really cool for me in the especially when the Switch launched, is we started getting all of these ports of indie games that had existed on other platforms for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But were new to me, like Cave Story. Mm -hmm. Like, I loved playing Cave Story. That game had been out for probably at least five or six years at that point and you know yeah i mean not not to uh not to highlight a a period much later in the switch's life but like you discovered portal last year right yeah no exactly (laughs) and so yeah that and so that is something that has been like uh i never had a gaming pc you know would never really uh played a lot of xbox arcade games any of that kind of stuff and so just that joy of discovery on switch has been such a strong part of the system for me sonic mania cave story uh, portal, just like all of these ports that the yeah. Switch ended up getting, have been perfect for me. Um, yeah, well, and like Sonic Mania in particular too. There was something very, I don't know. The the in the early days of the Switch, there there were like kind of the new Nintendo things, and then like you say, that sort of like indie wave. Um, and the indie wave was sort of riding a like uh retro aesthetic right it kind of always does but um it seemed like in the early days of the switch like retro aesthetic was sort of everywhere um and to have this uh sonic game that both like look like had retro aesthetic but it was like borrowing it intentionally like to do the exact thing like to be a, a retro sonic like the same kind of thing that like nintendo uh wouldn't do for you know they, they wouldn't make like an 8-bit and then I guess you could argue that, like, uh, that's what Mario Maker is. Um, but, like, they're not going to release a brand new 8-bit Mario game. Right. Um, whereas, like, yeah, the Sonic Mania team just, like, did it. And it felt, like, perfectly at home on the Switch. Yeah. It was... Uh, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, all right. Uh, Mark, I, I loved your first six for Switch. My second six for Switch... Uh, gotta take you back to like the dark days of the pandemic right when we were all locked down and uh it was like uh it was scary time (laughs) um and like no one not i just i i was not leaving my house like at all right um and uh along comes a little indie game uh by the name of hades um and i was like i'll give this game a try i like the art style uh it sounds uh, appealing the music is cool um and the like next couple months for me with Hades was like an unending just like well of things to discover about the way the game worked, the way combat in the game worked, the way relationships in the game worked. Um and like Hades is one of the games on Switch that I put the most time into. Um like up there with uh Animal Crossing, not quite up there with another game I'm going to mention later uh in in uh this 6 for Switch, but uh just like it's another example of like an, an indie game that you know was available in like beta versions on um switch or on uh pc um but now being like getting its you know 1.0 version release on switch and just being a full-fledged deep amazing experience that would take all of the like time and despair and whatever i had uh in 2020 or 2021 whenever whenever it came out um and just like pour it all into this thing um 
that uh, like just rewarded me over and over again for going as deep in it as I wanted to or as deep in it as I could. Um, I just absolutely loved uh, getting deep into Hades. Yeah, it's really... Um, it was 2020. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. And okay. it, uh, it's really fun and very, I feel like, rare and special when you find a video game that like you connect with as much as you connected with Hades. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it... Um, I feel like I've had those types of like experiences a handful of times in my entire life. Yeah. And uh I I'm cu- I will be really curious when Hades 2 comes out. Yeah. What that experience is like um for you only because, you know, like just like when a a TV show revival happens or something, it's really hard to reproduce for better or for worse the alchemy that, you know, made you have that experience with uh Hades. Uh, I I just for myself one example is like I loved Fallout 3. Like I put so many hours into Fallout 3. Yes, yes. And then I think like the next calendar year they released Fallout New Vegas and that's by all accounts the better one, but I could not get into Fallout New Vegas because I'd put so much time into Fallout 3 that when New Vegas came out it was like, "Oh, I can't do that again." Right. You know, yes. like I can't lose myself to this game the way I did Fallout 3. Right. Um it well, was like too soon. And like I didn't set out to play Hades for 250 hours, right? I set out to like mess around with the game um and then it just kept inviting me back in. When Hades 2 comes out, I'm going to be like, "Ah, this is the game I'll play for 250 <laughs> hours." Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. And and it, I just I, I I don't see how it will live. Like it's the same sort of trepidation I have about Tears of the Kingdom, right? Where it's like now my expectation is like, oh yeah, this game will casually change our lives yep. and the video game industry. Um, and if it doesn't do that, it's like, well, you messed up, Nintendo. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's uh, you know, re- regardless of uh, whether that game appears on any of our lists later on, um, Hades was like a sea change for me, right? Like it, um, it was enough to uh, just totally swallow my life, uh, and I loved every second of it. Like. Um, you know, I, I think about other games that I, uh, pour a bunch of hours into and I'm ultimately like, well, okay. You know, like some of that I, I, I was, uh, you know, sort of like mindlessly or like going through it, like kind of bored or whatever. Um, and I was just always working towards something in Hades, um, and always making progress on it. Uh, it just always felt great. That is really fun. Uh, my second six for switch six for switch is uh, you know i i'm gonna go also back to the to the pandemic because while we're there let's uh let's, let's stay. just let's, let's just hang a out while. and uh something no one has ever said let's stay <laughs> in the pandemic a while um in and i want to talk about a fun a memory i have which is retro month that we uh, did in yes. april I think it was a, yeah, April so of 2020. So early. Just re- yes. really just a few weeks after um like the lockdown started happening in LA, we were in our uh you know like quarantined in our homes. We we didn't know how to do a podcast remotely. No, it was really some of the earliest shows yeah. that we did um remotely. 
Also, I, I just I every, every time I think about the beginning of the pandemic and us doing this show, um, I uh, have to just recall the time that Sarah and I drove down to your place um, in Koreatown. Uh, and like I just brought like a Zoom and microphones this is before we had like masks or like yeah. really knew anything. And I just like left it on the street and like you came out of the building and we we're like, eh. yeah, it really must have been. Yeah. Like, oh the weekend that lockdown started happening. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, it, it definitely was. It was Sunday, March 15th that I dropped it off at your, yeah. at your place. So yeah, absolutely crazy. Like, yeah, what a crazy time, but what fun that retro month was, you know, the, uh, it was all SNES, Super Nintendo games. Yep. And the Super Nintendo had just come to Switch Online, you know, a few months earlier. And it was, we played uh Star Fox, mm-hmm. Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, Super Metroid, and Yoshi's Island, Super Mario World 2. And Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island was basically completely new for me. Star Fox, I had never beat before. Super Metroid, I don't think I'd ever beat before. And it was just kind of like, uh, what a balm for, like, I had so much yeah. time. I had so much fun playing those games, and I had so much fun talking about them. Um, uh, if you, yeah, if you are newer to the show, uh, that's like a chunk of episodes that I would I haven't listened to them, so maybe they're terrible. Again, we were just doing it remotely for the first, you know, like couple of weeks. I think we by by April we'd figured it out. Right? <laughs> Hopefully, but I'm gonna recommend them anyways because <laughs> I I have such fond memories of uh of that month of shows. It was such a um uh. Uh, such a nice thing to be yeah. able to do while everything else just felt so crazy in the world. It also, um, you know, the, kind of early on in us doing this show, I, this is now going to turn into also just like a retrospective of the show um, that uh, we, we kind of discovered or decided that like, we don't really, we're not well equipped to do just like a review of a video game, right? Like that's not where our skill set lies. It's not really exciting uh, for us, but we, did land this like kind of great month of uh, talking about just like one game per episode um, without any like added structure to it. We weren't ranking anything. We didn't, uh, you know, we weren't doing like an ABCs of of something. We were just like, let's talk about these games um, and got to like really get to the heart of uh, what our lifetime experiences were with them, what our um, experiences in this specific moment was. Um, and yeah, you're right. What a balm. What like a nice like nostalgic way to uh just comfort ourselves uh through 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 the early days. Uh, yeah, I mean, and also what great games to play like Star Fox. Great games. In the past I had kind of dismissed it, but playing it on Nintendo Switch Online, being able to rewind like really changed. No, tr- truly <laughs> being able to rewind in Star Fox is clutch. <laughs> truly changed my yeah. perception of that series being able to like actually like really play through Yoshi's Island was a lot of fun. Also, we did do a ranking at the end where we did a bunch of like mini rankings. Like we ranked like the shy guys. That was, that was all at the end though. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, about the Uber ranking at the end. (laughs) That's right. But, uh, yeah, that retro month in April of 2022, uh, some of my favorite switch memories for sure. Um, yeah. And the, uh, the Nintendo Switch Online uh, still like in its nascent days at that point, but um, uh, what what a cool! I'm 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 just I'm I'm just so grateful that the uh, Nintendo Switch Online um, has so much stuff and that it's continued to get like so much bigger. I just I just think it's a sort of an incredible value if you bother to engage with it at all. Um, 
mark my third six for Switch. Um, this is maybe a little curveball. I don't think anyone's going to expect me to say this. One two Switch. Oh, there we go. Uh, launch game uh, for the Nintendo Switch that I picked up. Uh, I think I pre-ordered um, and had like the physical version of it. Um, is a game that I played with my parents uh, as they came to visit, like shortly after um, the the Switch came out. Um, that's not why they came to visit, but that's just the 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 timing. Um, and you know, neither of my parents are uh, gamers really at all. Um, my dad loves to play solitaire on the computer, but that's really it. That's the extent of it. Um, and you know, they they it was just like it created a nice experience, like in the room, right? Um, and we would have like little jokes about the 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 games, uh, like answering the phone or like trying to do the combination lock thing. Um, or, you know, there was like this quick draw game where it's like, uh, don't get too close to, to furniture or each other. Um, and <laughs> my favorite one is still like the, the baby that you're like, yeah, there's like a baby you're rocking to, to, put sleep. to sleep. Yeah, that's right. You're trying to like yeah. put it in, in a cradle. Smoothly. One, two, switch is so crazy. One, two, switch is bizarre. Um, and my parents came on an episode of this show. You weren't around for some reason. Yeah. I was out of town. That's right. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, I'll just get my parents to do this episode of, uh, of, uh, NCS with me. Um, I don't know that I recommend people go back and listen to that episode because <laughs> who knows what that was like. Um, but like just a neat thing to share with them. And in a very like not Nintendo switch or not, not a, a Nintendo Wii kind of way. Right. Like, not a Wii Sports sort of proposition. It's just so weird and so specific and has all these like things like you're watching this video of like these two actors pretending to milk a cow, right? And then like you have to have this like experience with these other people in the room being like, you just saw this weird little video. <laughs> I like I, I it's it's hard to really describe the pleasures slash a displeasure discomfort of uh of watching those things with other people um but like yeah just what a bizarre little experiment one two switches am i remembering correctly that like in when in the discussion about one two switch some, some of like nintendo's talking points were like we want you to make eye contact with the yes. people you're playing with yes so like the games are like designed so you watch the videos and then you're like a lot of them you're like facing the person yep. that you're doing it yep. against. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, that was, that was part of their stated goal was like, you won't have to look at the screen <laughs> as you right. play these games, which makes it, cause you'll be able to tell how many ice cubes are in the joy con because of right. HD rumble. Yes. Or, or because Feel the milk being pushed <laughs> out the udder. Gross. Or uh, because there were like audio cues that, right, which right. is of course why uh, it never actually worked as like a party game, right? Because um, at a party, what are you going to be like? Okay, everybody turn down the music and <laughs> right. stop everybody, talking. Everybody be quiet. Everyone we, shut we have up. To put this baby to bed. <laughs> so like ill this video game baby, ill conceived video game baby, no good. Um, but Marquina. Wait, what? Is that, is that the name of your video <laughs> game, baby? Video Marquina? Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, cool. Mark if it's a boy. Marquina if it's a girl. I, I mean, that makes sense to me. Mark, what is your third six for Switch? My third six for Switch is... I have a couple here, so I'm trying to decide which one I want to go with. I'm going to do Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE Encore. Wonderful. So... um. Just like I was talking about earlier with Sonic Mania and 
uh, Cave Story Plus and all those games, Portal, that are new to me. <laughs> uh, one of the things that, you know, as someone who didn't own a Wii U, all of these ports from the Wii U to the Switch have been amazing, right? Like, uh, I got... Tropical Freeze, t- yeah, new tr- Super Mario Brothers U. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Mar- Super Mario 3D World plus, like, Bowser's Fury. Like, all of that was so much fun. But Tokyo Mirage Session, Sharp FE encore was probably like the surprise to me like was i expecting to like a mario game that i haven't played before yeah yeah obviously did yes. i really know what to expect from tokyo mirage session sharp fe like not really because at even, that point not much of a fire emblem guy right not a not persona, a persona guy, guy. <laughs> yeah. uh and i remember starting it and you know even then being like i'm not really sure like that i like this but that game by the end i was totally like on board i i really love tokyo mirage session sharp fe um it's such a the combat system becomes so much fun uh the like you know because the whole conceit is that you're training to be like a a pop idol and all of your like friends are also training to be pop idols and so when you do special moves within the combat they are like little songs that play with it and like little like music videos that then turn into these special moves. Like the whole thing is so bizarre, so crazy, but so good. And I also felt like it had been a really long time since I had played an RPG that uh, I just really lost myself in. Yeah. And Tokyo Mirage Sessions was such a fun surprise. I'm so glad that it was ported to Switch. Um, was that before you played or after you played Dragon Quest XI S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch? It was definitely before. So Got I it. think it... I th- but after I was playing it, right? Yeah, so uh, Dragon Quest XI S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch released in 2019. It right. like, released the same day or like a week after um the Link's Awakening remake did. Okay. And I picked it up because I loved... Like, I was really excited for it. And I remember, I don't even think I played any of it until, I, I can't even remember the order of events by until this Until, like, after I finished uh, it. Yeah, yeah. I, and I played, I feel like when it first came out, I finished, like, Fire Emblem Three Houses around the same time that I finished Link's Awakening. And so I started, my memory anyways, is that I started uh, Dragon Quest Eleven S Echoes of Elusive Age Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch and played maybe 30 minutes of it. Yeah. And then was just like, I don't think I'm ready for another RPG. Like, I just can't do this right now. And then uh, I got to look up when Tokyo Mirage, when like the encore version of Tokyo Mirage Sessions came out. I want to say it was at the end of 2019 or in... um, Like early 2020. I I think it was a 2020 game. I think it was before, like February 2020 is what I want to say. Yeah, Um, you're right. It was released in January, January 17th of 2020. But I didn't play it. I didn't play it until... Or my memory, anyways, is that like I didn't play it until the winter of 2020, so like around Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, just like ended up really, really loving it. And then later is when I mean I think it was only last year that I played Dragon Quest Eleven S Echoes in the Lucid Age Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch. Like 2022 last year I or 2021 so. last year? Maybe 2021. This is an impossible thing for us to, <laughs> to track down. Um, but I, it, I, I, it, it's not on my uh, list of of memories here. But uh, 
it's uh what a like a jolt of like memory juice to have to say the entire name of the game dragon quest 11 s echoes and Luz- of an elusive age definitive edition for the nintendo switch yeah we That's talked about we it so much every day <laughs> yeah yeah for a really long time for a really long time um uh, uh mirage uh tokyo mirage se- session sharp fe is a good pick mark um my next pick i also have a you know obviously a few here I want to choose the right one to go next. I'm going to go with Super Mario Odyssey, um, which obviously just a great game. Um, but the I want to kind of call out my specific experience with it um, with my friend Andrew. Um, the game came out in uh, October of uh, 2017, October 27, 2017. Um, and uh, in October of that year was when there were all these uh rough really bad wildfires in northern california um which is where he's from uh and where his uh parents lived at the time um and their house burned to the ground um like it's uh like this nice house up on a hill uh totally destroyed in this fire um and so andrew who normally lives on the other side of the country was like flying back to help uh, you know, go through the ruins of this uh, house to try and like, what what can you salvage, right? Like, what survives a, a hideous fire? Uh, spoiler: almost nothing. <laughs> um, we did we did manage to find wedding rings, which is pretty cool. Um, but uh, he, uh, I say we because he was heading back there, and he was like, "Hey, I could use a friend there, right?" As as I'm doing this, um, and so I. I flew up, uh, and, uh, you know, I had had the date of October 27th on my calendar, uh, for like Mario Odyssey comes out. Uh, but instead of being like here to play Mario Odyssey, I was helping him, uh, like go through, um, his, his old house. Um, and there was a like fun little to do where I had to like change the name on the pre-order from my name to Sarah's name so she could go pick it up. Um, and, you know, like she's talking to me on the phone, like as she's walking to Best Buy and like excited. And she was like, can I play this before you get back? And I was like, yeah, you know, g- go ahead. I'm sure you're going to like it. Um, and she was like texting me every like 10 minutes being like, you're going to love this game when you get home. Um, and of course I did. And Super Mario Odyssey is a, a, a wonderful game. But where it kind of like dovetails back around is uh, we ended up spending Christmas with um, Andrew and his family that year um, at like a, a place that they were staying at um, while they, you know, wrap their heads around how to like rebuild the house, right? Um, and Andrew's a really like obsessive uh, video game player. Um, and he got uh, all 900 Korok seeds in uh, Zelda and then like played on the, what's the second difficulty? Like Master, Master Quest? Quest? Yeah. Um, did that and got all 900 Korok seeds again. This is the kind of gamer that he is. Um, and so he had all but one of the moons in Super Mario Odyssey by Christmas. Um, and, you know, it's because he, like, spent the time to, like, you know, really look around and, like, find everything. But the one that he couldn't do was one of those, like, obscene platforming challenges where, like, you don't have the hat and, like, all this other stuff. Um, and so, like, the two of us worked on it together uh, and uh, I was able to get that last moon for him. Um, and so, like, there's just this nice little, like, package of a couple months where uh, Super Mario Odyssey is, like, tied up in my relationship with this guy. Um, and it'll just always 
I'm so glad that that game is so good um, and that it, uh, you know, we were talking about uh, games uh, or like the, the Nintendo, um, Super Nintendo games being like a balm in a tough time. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey was a balm in, in, in a different tough time. Um, so yeah, it's Super Mario Odyssey, my fourth six for Switch. Yeah, that's so, that's so nice. Um, also, just like, Super Mario Odyssey is a game that I often think about, like, there I have so many moons that I never claimed. Yeah. But I'm also like, I wonder if I should just restart it. I haven't played, you know, Super Mario Odyssey at this point for years, and I've only ever really gone through it the one time. Yeah. And if I went through it again, I would play it differently than I did, because before I was trying to, like... uh in the beginning i was like i'm gonna try to get every moon that i can in a land before in like a kingdom before moving on yeah but if i replayed it i would not do that at all i would just go through the story and then go back but uh yeah i remember that game being so magical yeah that uh, it's kind of yeah even just you talking about it right now makes me want to start it up again it's a it's so you know like zelda breath of the wild is uh you know, deservedly such a like shocking experience. And, um, you know, again, if neither of us bring it up in our memories, like it's sort of because it just like looms large by default, right? Like we need not remember it for it remembers us. Um, but like, uh, Super Mario Odyssey feels like just as special a game, just as like shocking an experience, um, that like, I don't know the the first year of the Switch is is like truly un, unrivaled as far as first years go, um, and I would be interested to see if any uh, future hardware ever beats that. Yeah, one of the things that's so interesting about, or if they even like try again, you know, <laughs> yeah, or, you yeah, know, yeah. like because the timing of everything just seemed to work out so perfectly. Um, but one of the things that's so interesting about Odyssey, and I I felt this way about a lot of the things with Nintendo this generation, and I think it is indicative of kind of like. Um, in some ways, like a passing of the torch from one generation of Nintendo to a younger generation totally. of Nintendo yes. is that they are like honoring the histories of uh like uh games and franchises in like a comprehensive way in the way that kind of like the best of the Disney Star Wars has yeah, where, sure. you know, when like, when that stuff is good, a lot of it is because like, oh man, like the people who are building it are such fans that now they're having the opportunity to play in that plate, that sandbox. And that's what Odyssey feels like to me. Like you have, and, and what Breath of the Wild feels like. Yeah. Like Odyssey, you have references to like corners of Mar- Mario franchise that aren't really talked yep. about that much like land and, you know, like uh, all of that. It felt, it almost feels like a send off to Mario in some ways, you know? It's like you got the right. 8-bits parts, right. you have uh, all the stuff with New Donk City, like, it's... Uh, oh, New Donk City, Jump Up Superstar, and that whole, like, the festival experience is so incredible. So it's, like, so fun and exciting to think about where, what Mario does next, because yes. just like Breath of the Wild felt like such a culmination of the Zelda series, like, Odyssey, in a lot of ways, feels like a culmination of its own. And I promise this is not the last time we'll be talking about this phenomenon in this uh in this exercise well my fourth uh six for switch yeah is you're doing it right you're saying it right yeah it It feels weird in the mouth but it's right (laughs) is e3 2019 so and the the reason i mean unbeknownst to any of us this would be like the seemingly the last year (laughs) of you know like e3 
three what it was before the pandemic. Right. You know, and whatever it's going to be now seems like it's going to be a different thing. But it, it, this is a such a memorable show for me because you and I had the opportunity to go and to go together on like an, a Nintendo Cartridge Society like press pass. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we stood in line and saw the dire the Link's Awakening like enormous diorama that they had built of Hyrule that was in that almost like uh clay, you know, um it's stop like that, motion. It was like, like that Rankin Bass kind yeah, of like style. That yeah. the that the the game had as well. You know, playing that scene, Shigeru Miyamoto up, you know, at in at the top of the Nintendo booth talking yeah. to people. Um seeing Charles Martinet on the show, show floor waiting in line for Luigi's Mansion 3 to go into, like, the little, like, uh, haunted house area that they had set up for the demo. And and those dope bellhop jackets. Yeah, and, like, the bright pink. And me, like, completely bombing at the demo in, like, such a way that, like, both myself and the person that was administering it were both, like, shocked and neither of us knew what to do. (laughs) (laughs) And I was so embarrassed. I just, like, left because I, like, died so I remember having a hard time finding you after that. (laughs) Yeah, because I was just hanging out. You shrank into nothing. Uh And uh, that we waited to play the demo for um, Sword and Shield. Because, yeah. you know, that was 2019 as well. And getting our picture with the Sobble statue. We did, uh, bullying the Sobble. Uh-huh. I also remember um, playing the uh, Sword and Shield demo. Um, at, like, we were both in there together. And I was like, do you want to play, Mark? And you were like, no. <laughs> I was like, like, no, yeah. You just, like, made me play it. And I was, like, filming it. And she was like, no filming. The, the person administering. Right. Or, like, you could only film for, like, a short amount of time. But and then we also had an opportunity to demo uh, Final Fantasy VII remake, which yep. you know, like it was just it was we we sat in a theater to watch um, gameplay of the Lego Skywalker Saga game yep. that wouldn't come out for like three years after that. Yep. Um. It was just a it was just a really really it was just a fun show. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a good opportunity. It, it was a, a a memorable time for sure. Um, Mark, I. I have one on here that is uh, kind of related to that. So that, that's what I'm going to trans- uh, go into now. This was going to be my sixth six for Switch, but I, it has now become my fifth six for Switch. Um, everyone is here. Uh, the trail- the E3 2018, um, like 40-minute long trailer for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Um, a game that we knew was coming because it had a kick-in trailer um, in uh, uh, February of, of 2018, uh, which, you know, showed us that, like, it started off with, like, the Inklings, like, swimming around and, like, shooting at each other, uh, and then that flaming smash ball appearing in the sky, uh, and then seeing, like, silhouettes of the returning cast, and just, like, I remember picking apart, like, those images and being like, that's Breath of the Wild. Yes, like, yeah. Like, what else is going to be different here? It is Mario have Cappy? Like, what is happening? Um, and that uh, E3 that year, the Nintendo presentation, was simply answering all of our questions and answering them with exactly what fans wanted, right? Like, I, I feel like Nintendo's almost always being like, here's kind of what you want and some stuff you don't expect and maybe some of it is like kind of, you know, like you don't love it or, you know, wh- whatever. I feel like there's there's more of a mixed bag uh, to Nintendo announcements normally. But with Smash Ultimate, that just wasn't the case. They were like, no compromise here. Every character we've put in a Smash Brothers game will appear in this game. 
and more. It's still so crazy. Um, and you know, like they were doing this thing where they were like, uh, you, like showing uh, like three characters at a time, and then like three more characters at a time, uh, and you know, kind of like filling in the roster with characters that you sort of expect, and then it's like. Pichu, Solid Snake, and you're like, wait a minute, where are they going with this? And then on the screen, the words, everyone is here. Uh, and that's like a, I, I was in the uh, the press room at um, E3 uh, watching the, the direct like happen, you know, stream live. Uh, and like everyone in that room, it's not being like projected onto a big screen or anything. Everyone's watching on their phones or like their laptops if they brought them in. Um, and everyone just screams because, like, it, it, it was... It's their Stanley the Bugman moment. It is their Stanley the Bugman moment. People sitting in their chairs did a backflip without standing up. Um, but it, it's just, like, as far as Nintendo hype moments go, I don't think there is uh, a, a, another moment from a press conference or a presentation over the last six years that challenges the everyone is here moment. Yeah, to the, to the point where we remember that phrase. <laughs> I like, know. Yeah, is there another thing like that? Like, is there other language from uh, a Nintendo Direct that you can remember? No, and you're right. Like, uh, I think this is what you were alluding to earlier when we were talking about um, like Super Mario Odyssey yes, kind yes. of being a cap, feeling in some ways like a capstone to the series. Hundred percent agree. Like, Smash Brothers Ultimate is another one where you're like, where do you go? Where do you go? And it's like an exciting question because it is. Right. seems really unlikely that it's going to be the last Smash Brothers game ever, but it does kind of like, it's like, but if it was, what a sad, this would satisfying be appropriate. conclusion. Right. Yeah. right, that's right. If this is the end of Civilization, uh, then at least we got Smash Brothers Ultimate. Where do you go? Yeah, where, I don't know. Where do you go? <laughs> it's very exciting. Uh, so my fifth six for switch yes is the famicom detective club games oh what a great pick mark uh i don't think i knew that i wanted or cared about the famicom detective club games until that uh like they were revealed same in the beginning of 2021 did we get it in like the february 2021 direct and then they were released uh later that year um yeah, well, because it was before you moved. It was before I moved, but it was af It was like in the summer of vaccines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So is when we recorded right. together. So uh, I, so I think that timing is right. Um, but like you know, I, my memory, anyways, is that I knew Famicom Detective Club existed, but it's like a curiosity. You know, it's like, like a mysterious Japan Murasami only. castle. Kinda, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and but never had any expectation that they would come here. Or have any expectation that I would care that much? But ended up, um, uh, these these remakes are they're excellent. They're excellent. They are uh, like head banging against the wall, frustrating at times if you yes. don't use a guide because they play with a guide. They definitely show <laughs> no their reason age. not to. We're like I there is there feels like no way that I should have known that that's what I was supposed to do in order yeah. to like continue the story. And yet, despite those frustrations. They are really like excellent stories with really charming characters, amazing art, mm -hmm. really good music. Like they're just the, uh, they're right up my alley. I mean, I talk about like murder mystery shows on this show all the time, but uh, I was so charmed by those. I would love if there was like a third entry oh my God. in Famicom Detective yes. Club. Uh, it's also like 
it, it's uh like unapologetically Japanese in a way that Nintendo normally doesn't allow, right? Um, that like they take place in Japan in like ni- late nineteen eighties Japan. They're very specific in like uh time references and cultural references um and it's just like all the richer for it right like uh you know we have our ncs detective club where we're watching you know all of these shows from uh you know the the 80s and 90s and you know monk from uh the the early 2000s um but like to those are all like specific within the like uh, American framework of the American mindset and just to get something uh, that is so specifically Japanese uh, is great. Um, and like, you're, you're right that the games are bash your head against the wall. Frustrating if you're not playing with a guide. Um, but the fact that we were recording uh, an episode where we were just like going to talk about the stories of both these games back to front, um, like giving us, giving us a goal um, felt so good. And, like, having a reason to finish the games made me do it. And, like you say, they, they ended up being, like, some of my favorite gaming experiences of that year. Yeah, they're, uh, and they, yeah, they're just really, I found them very rewarding. I don't know, I, I really, I really love those Famicom Detective Club remakes, which was just a huge surprise. Um, what a great pick. Mark, I'm now on to my final six for Switch. Are you ready? I, oh man, it, it's just, it feels like it's been, sh- should we turn this into an 80 for Brady? Let's turn it into an 80 for Brady. <laughs> uh, Tetris 99. Uh, uh, yes. It's gotta be, um, you know, I have always been a fan of Tetris. I've always considered myself good at Tetris. Um, I was excited when, um, you know, one of the only uh, PSVR games that I got into was um, Tetris Effect. Um, I love playing that in, in VR, but like sort of less for its uh, Tetrisness and more for its just like hypnotic, you know, brain hijacking uh, uh, the visual and audio spectacle of it. But Tetris 99 um, was when it was like, no, 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 just the straight up solid, you know, direct into your veins gameplay of Tetris can be um, hypnotic and uh, brain hijacking in and of itself. Um, Tetris 99, of course, uh, was launched for free as part of your Nintendo Switch Online subscription, not even with the expansion uh, pass, but or expansion pack, um, but just on, on its own. Uh, and as a uh, effectively free game, it is the game on Switch that I have put the most time into. Over 450 hours of Tetris 99 has been played in this house, Mark, and I'm still playing it every day. Um, Tetris 99 is my game of the year every year <laughs> since it came out. <laughs> That'll never change. I think it is. I think it's my favorite. I think it's my favorite game. Is that insane? No, I don't think it is. I mean, te- Tetris is so good. Yes. And Tetris 99 is such a incredibly smart yeah. take on Tetris. Like it, uh, whoever came up with that idea, it, it's, it's, it's really genius. It's almost so good that, like, applying the, like, last man standing, you know, 99 players at once, um, it's such a good uh, implementation of that premise that it's it almost makes you wonder, like, what was the point of Tetris before <laughs> it was Tetris 99? Uh, and, you know, of course, the point is that the moment-to-moment gameplay is virtually perfect. Um, but, like, 
the the fact that it has been supported with uh, different skins for Nintendo releases, um, you know, as as recently as uh, this last Kirby game that came out, they had a, a skin for it, um, or no, for Dream Buffet. Um, so now two Kirby's two Kirby games back. Kirby games come out so frequently, um, and there are like four Kirby skins uh, in in Tetris ninety nine. Um, but like. Uh, as I go in to uh, try to complete my 999 ticket uh, quest, um, I can pick all these different uh, themes and which all come with different music sets and different sound effects um, and all this wonderful stuff that I can just like keep playing forever and not get sick of, you know, what is the same game I played on like, uh, you know, Game Boy originally or um, on my dad's work computer in 1989 um just truly a remarkable piece of software a wonderful integration with nintendo online um and uh just the the gift that keeps on giving tetris 99 is perfect as far as i can tell what is your go-to theme do you have one i do not have one uh, i've i've been like cycling between them um just kind of at, at random um usually if i uh, have turned off the game and then like turn it on the next day i need to do something to trigger like the new uh ticket challenges uh, and changing the theme is enough to do that um so you know i will just change the theme to something else um but no i, I don't have a go-to there are so many in there that like i just i kind of want to see them all my personal favorite is, continues to be the Splatoon 2 one. That's a good one. I, I, I just really like the music, and I feel like it fits... The music fits uh, Tetris 99 so perfectly. Yeah, like the how franticness. It, the, yeah, how it amps up uh, the, the longer you are in the match. Because I feel like sometimes um, the music is, music is generally always good, but doesn't necessarily fit. Yeah, it's perfectly. It is funny to be playing with like the Fire Emblem Three Houses, and you're like dropping all these lines, and it's like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> um, the one thing I will say about the Splatoon Two uh, music is, um, and I know I've talked about this on the show before, so forgive me for repeating myself. Um, but uh, you know, there's the music that plays in the last thirty seconds of uh, a, a Turf War that's like the highest energy, you know. And that'll happen when you're in the top 10 in a Tetris 99 match. And the top 10, that's the fiercest competition. That's where people are really fighting for their lives. People are good at fighting off the damage you're sending to them. So it invariably lasts for longer than 30 seconds. And the human brain was not meant to be subjected <laughs> to that music for like eight minutes at a time. Like it is, it, I, I love it, but it's also like, oh no, I need a break. <laughs> It just amps up the psychological warfare that is yes. the top 10 in Tetris 99. And do a backflip on my chair. Can you handle it? That's right. <laughs> um, what a great uh, six, six yes, for just, Switch. Just to recount my six for Switch, uh, Nintendo Labo, Hades, 1-2 Switch, Super Mario Odyssey, Tetris 99, and everyone is here, the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Reveal. So my sixth six for Switch is... Uh, I want. I just want to kind of like reminisce about the pre-order slash launch day slash yeah. early Breath of the Wild experience yes. for a little bit. And Patrick, um, if if you have anything, because we experienced the launch together, so if there's anything you want to add to this, 
um, feel free to add on. <laughs> There's anything you want to add? Shut up. <laughs> this is my invitation for you to shove it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so the, my pre-order experience. I, you know, super hyped for the Switch. Was I and I? I can't remember exactly. There was the there was the January like Switch presentation. Yes. Where Nintendo showed off uh, the Switch in full for the first time, and then I think a week later, two weeks later, maybe a month later, you could start pre-ordering but there was like a moment to my memory that pre-orders became available God, it couldn't have been a month later because a month later was like a week before it came out right well, there was the january it was a january presentation right and so then yeah, it comes so out maybe, very early in march yeah you're right so maybe it was just a, a couple Which, a, by the way i i don't think we give enough credit to how nuts it is yeah they revealed the thing in a uh a, a trailer in like october the year before but we didn't know really what it was or how it worked um, until January, like middle of January. And then it was released a month and a half later. Yeah. Like the timeline on that is wild. Also something to just keep in mind for like a Switch, you know, like successor. Sure. sure. You know, it doesn't necessarily need a ton of lead up. Right. Although we had been hearing rumors about it for like a year. <laughs> yeah, before. that's true. That's true. <laughs> so. They were talking about it just in terms of the, it's the NX. Yes. Um. So, yeah. So, uh, Oh, we'll say a couple of weeks after the uh, January reveal, there was it, it became available f- for pre-order, and I remember. Do you remember the the pre-order experience? Because I don't at this. Well, point. I remember the pre-order experience because I was coaching an improv team. Yeah, and instead of doing <laughs> the like, instead of doing the polite thing uh-huh. of saying, "Hey, do you mind if we take like a ten minute break because I'm going to." Like, I want to pre-order this system, and yeah. we can extend 10 minutes or whatever. Instead of doing that, I, like... Pre- and you're coaching an improv team, so they would all get it, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Nobody would have, like, th- nobody would have cared. Right. Everybody, people probably would have wanted to pre-order themselves. Right. Uh, instead of doing that, like, they were doing scenes, and I was, like, on my phone, <laughs> like, pre-order... Like, I had put my credit card information in my Best Buy account already, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and, like, pre-ordering it on my phone. But I secured that pre-order... Both you and I got, in hindsight, the really boring, just, like, all gray Switch instead of the yeah. um, colorful, like, red and blue Joy-Con that come with it. But we both pre-ordered to pick up in-store at the same Best Buy. Yes. Yep. And so, uh, come just a couple of weeks later, and it's released at midnight, again, is my memory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. So, you were standing in line uh, to, to pick up our uh, your, your Switch, uh, and I was... Uh, this is, we were doing so much more improv at this time um, in that we were doing improv at that time uh, because I was coming from a show. That's right, because I, I was in line. Because there was like a legitimate line of yeah. people waiting to pick up uh, their Switches and their copies of Breath of the Wild and, you know, what else? You, and a bunch of Amiibo. Whatever else you yeah. were going to get. Um, so, yeah, so I was standing in line and you joined me later. Mm-hmm. I, I joined you in line at like 11 or something like that. Uh, because that's the time an improv team of <laughs> that I would have been on would have uh, performed is like 10 o'clock. And then uh, like people hanging out afterwards, me just being like, I gotta go! <laughs> and uh, I remember picking up the Switch and just like the excitement around that, they were like pulsing people in. So they were letting in just like a few people yeah. at a time. Yeah. You would get your pre-order, you'd get all the other like accessories and stuff you wanted to buy. And then you'd take it to the register and they would, um, you know, like, check you out if you needed to buy stuff like all that and just like uh, a console launch with all the other you know like 
Nintendo nerds that are there and yep. everybody's excited for Breath of the Wild because the reviews are crazy yep. and there's never been a Zelda game like this and uh, taking it and that like moment when you're getting new hardware where it's like your precious baby and yes. you're peeling off like the film and you're setting up your account like your Nintendo account and uh, I was all digital at the beginning so like I was downloading my copy of like Breath of the Wild and everything like uh, that was just that whole experience I think think of such like so fondly um were you working the next day did you work at that that friday i can't i i honestly can't remember my but i think no because i think i had downloaded like overnight downloaded breath of the wild yeah and then that next day started playing it that's my memory yeah i i also took took the day off um and i remember starting breath of the wild like when I got home, like, so at, like, 12.30 or 1 o'clock or whatever, um, starting Breath of the Wild, um, and uh, I, I had not gone digital, so I had a, a physical copy that I could play right away. Um, and, uh, like, really just, you know, running to the first uh, the first shrine and then being like, this is such a big experience. Like, I can't, I can't do this in the middle of the night. I've got to, like, and I took the whole day off the next, yeah, and the, the whole weekend following um obviously uh and was just like that that's what i'm doing but i remember that friday um like messing around with zelda a little bit more and then i was like i wanted to fill out the rest of my library so you know i had uh, a copy of one two switch on the way um and i downloaded um the shovel knight treasure trove uh, which came with specter knight specter knight uh was uh being released first on switch um and Specter Knight remains my favorite quest from um, Shovel Knight. Uh, I spent most of that first day with the Switch playing Specter of Torment from Shovel Knight um, and loving it. Um, but I also, uh, this was also when I picked up um, Snipper Clips. Um, and I have a. Oh my gosh, Snipper Clips. Snipper Clips. What a great game. Uh, such a clear memory of taking um, uh, the Switch. For the first weekend it was out, uh, probably that Saturday, um, to a uh, a cafe in my neighborhood called Bon Vivant, setting it up on the table, and Sarah and I playing snipper clips together out at a restaurant, and uh, like people walking by and being like, "Hey, what is that?" Um, and me being like, "It's Nintendo it's the Switch. Switch. It's a Nintendo Switch. It's gonna rule the world, and we all love it." Man, uh, yeah, <sighs> snipper clips, uh, such a great game. Not talked about that much anymore. It's been so long since it came out. If you're yeah. not familiar with Snipper Clips, it's a puzzle game. It's like a co-op. I think you can play it. Can you play by yourself? Or like some of the puzzles? I but know. ideally, Maybe. it's like at least two people play. Most of the puzzles are set up for two people. And you play as two little like rectangle pieces of paper. Yeah. And like you, rounded edges on top. With a, with rounded edges on top. And you can like uh, change the angle of your body. Yeah. Uh, and like place it over the other character and, and then press them this like and cut them out. Yeah. And then you use that mechanic to like solve these puzzles. Like, oh, you have to get a ball from this side of the room to this side of the room. And there are like switches and water and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's all like physics based. So like there are, um, there are ways that it like intends for you to solve puzzles, but really any way that you can like make brute force the physics. It. Yeah. You can totally brute force yeah, it. Yeah. And it is. Uh, one of those brilliant puzzle games that, like, those co-op experiences that can only happen in couch co-op. Yes. That I love that Nintendo, like, prioritizes them. Where you are, like, 
you are standing at the TV, yeah, pointing, pointing, and you're like, you know, like, cut like, me this way. <laughs> no, turn different. Yeah. Make me a scoop. <laughs> um, it's it. The 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 fact that the uh, puzzles are all physics based and therefore you can genuinely approach them any way that you see fit, any way that actually makes sense, um, feels like such a piece with Breath of the Wild and with what the Switch is, right? The Switch is play it at home on your TV, play it on the couch, play it on the go, take it play to... it with two people. You're each holding a Joy-Con. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and it's just like uh, the, those three things in concert presented like game how you want a game um which is like the revolutionary thing that the switch needed to be in that moment and like you know what this was in a world where like uh handhelds were dying they'd seated ground to the phones um and like that was it right that was that was the the end of uh the, the vita had failed the 3ds was no longer uh putting out games that anyone cared about um that space was gone and Nintendo was like no we can use the handheld as a thing to just encourage absolute gaming freedom and they launched it with two games that were perfect for it oh my gosh and Breath of the Wild is one of those gaming experiences possibly my favorite gaming like experience of all time there was something so special about Breath of the Wild everybody was playing Breath of the Wild uh and you know, everybody was having such unique experiences because they were playing the game a certain way or they were discovering things that, like, you didn't know and you were sharing things with yes. people that they didn't know. And so it was like, what? Like, if Link stands up on, like, a table, like, people react, like, yeah. NPCs react crazy to that or if he's not wearing, like, a shirt. Like, there's just so much in that game yeah. that, like, Breath of, like, the, Breath of the Wild is such a perfect title for that experience because it really is about like just the joy of discovering that world Absolutely. and everything that Nintendo had like hidden in it. Um well and it did such a nice job of like the the spell it cast on people who played it was that it was just like the perfect thing to talk about, right? That um you could share your experiences and you could hear other people's experiences and like learn from it or incorporate it into into yours. And just like it made the whole thing feel like uh, it is a huge world, but like it made it feel even bigger. Um, and I, I think a lot about how um, in one of the early episodes of the show, we had um, Heather Ann Campbell on um, to just sort of like talk about whatever we were just like interviewing her, um, you know, before we had like a, a uh, more solid like format for how we did topic episodes. Um, and it was early enough in the Switch's life cycle. It, you know, it, it was like April or something, um, maybe even earlier. It was probably sometime in March um, now that I'm thinking about it. Um, and we just talked about Breath of the Wild and like just traded stories about our adventures in Hyrule. Um, and like that was super sad. And we couldn't talk about anything else. Like, yeah. It yeah. made it just made it such like a fun, like social experience. And I don't have expectations that Tears of the Kingdom is going to top that, but my hope is that <laughs> it's it seemingly will impossible. Yeah, but my hope is that like it it will uh engender some of that same like experience where uh, I just felt like with Breath of the Wild, there was, yeah, like so much, like you were saying, where you could talk about it with people. And unlike like a Mario game where you can talk about your experiences, but like, you know, maybe the question that comes up is like, I can't find this moon. And somebody's like, oh, I know where that moon is. With like right. Breath of the Wild, they were, there's so many different ways you can like approach it. Yes. That even if you're talking about the same shrine, it might be like, oh, like right. I 
did it this way. Like, this is how I solved this problem. And somebody else might have done it totally different in a way that I didn't think about. Or they encountered, like, an NPC in a way that I didn't encounter them. You know, it was just uh, that experience was so magical. What also, like, the game is, and obviously people did, like, a great job and the Herculean effort to, like, catalog uh, everything in that game. But, like, um, the wikis for um, and, and the guides for uh, Breath of the Wild are a challenge in and of themselves. There are 900 Korok seeds, 120 shrines. Like, na just navigating the guide needs its own guide right um so like yeah the game was just so big um and so you could just approach it any way you wanted and you know made, made the whole thing an absolutely magical experience there's one more thing that i wanted to talk about in the early days of the switch mm, and Columbo. so, so uh, hi Columbo. <laughs> there's just one more thing just one more thing uh, and that is something that has become a little bit of a running joke on the show, but uh, and that is the game Snake Pass. Um, and the reason it's a running joke is because, er, like, in the early life of the Switch, there were, of course, the Nintendo heavy hitters, and there was beginning to be, like, a smattering of indie games, that, or, like, you know, that were released that had been available on other platforms, but it was rare that there was, like, you know, like a Switch exclusive title or something like that, and so... Uh, but there was this game that was released in early 2017 in March, like at the end of March, called Snake wow. Pass. That was like a puzzle game that, uh, so we we did an episode on the show that now, you know, like we probably wouldn't do that. But, it, you know, we were still just kind of figuring out what this was. Snake Pass uh, is from a, a developer slash publisher, Sumo Digital. And uh, one of its calling cards was it had a soundtrack by David Wise, mm -hmm. who's um, a prolific video game composer has done music for like the Donkey Kong series, uh, other um, notable entries. And, and the game sort of had a, uh, a visual style, like, uh, like a like rare a game. Rare game. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, it's like a puzzle game where you uh, play as a snake. And so the, the controls are really like specific. Like you're, you wrap or you like press ZR or something to uh, like wrap yourself around a yeah uh, like a pole so that way you can get up but it's basically a puzzle game where you're trying to get these you know uh you, with movement movement like a snake mm -hmm. you are trying to and again like, very reach like different goals very like physics based very too. physics there was based. a lot that you had to like brute force your way through yeah and so uh you know so it has become a bit of a running joke just because uh it's in hindsight kind of a random game for us to have done like an entire episode on but it sort of made sense because like this was in a, a time just before the like switch bump that would happen for indie games where like you put your game out on switch and it's not a guaranteed success but like that's where the market would end up going yeah it like it seems it felt like it kind of was at the yeah. in the early days of the switch because there were so few releases mm -hmm. in that when indie games did get put on the Switch, they seemed to sell incredibly well. And so that's why we got the flood of support that we did. I mean, it's also just like an affordable system. You can play the indie games on the go because they don't require, like, a, 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 they don't tax the hardware. Like, all this kind of stuff where it's just like, oh, yeah, this is the perfect marriage of the style of game. And again, it's it's all of these intersection points, yeah. right? Like that it's a uh, snipper clips, that it's breath of the wild, that it's a whole indie library. You were talking about it from the beginning with uh, Sonic mania that like all of these games that could be smaller games that could be less technically demanding experiences that were good 
because you could take it on the go, because you could play it in bed, yeah. because you could put it on the TV. Yeah, that portability, like all of these indie games, like for the first time, you could play them on a portable. Like yeah. you could play it on the go. So, anyways, Snake Pass. That's why. That's why we occasionally bring it up. Not because it's like a notoriously bad game <laughs> or anything, but just because it is. It, it speaks to that launch window of the Switch and yeah, uh, yeah. where like everything was um, so well. Um, also funny now that we've talked so much about the history of this show that this is less, not less a uh, six for switch, but like, this is kind of a six for NCS, right? <laughs> we'll do, we'll do an 80 for NCS later. <laughs> um, all right, Mark, let's close out our memories of the first six years of the Nintendo switch. Will we have to do this for the last, the final six years of the Nintendo Switch? Who knows, Mark? We'll be playing this thing forever, I think. Um, if you would like to share with us your memories of the first six years of the Nintendo Switch, you can email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the show. Thank you, of course, to our 16-bit patron, Connor McCabe. Thank you, Connor. We appreciate your support. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. The show is at Nincart Society. Uh, if you want to get in that Discord, you should email us, Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Uh, Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thank you for listening. <laughs>